Welcome to this episode of the podcast, Guess What You're Gonna Hate? I'm Janine. And I'm Amity. And this is a podcast about exposing someone to the very worst and sometimes best, but mostly worst, pop culture of the 2000s. So, Amity, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, I'm thrilled to join you here. (laughs) So, Amity, you are a co-host of the podcast, The Latecomers. Do you want to let the audience know a little bit more about your podcast? Uh, Sure. It's uh, almost similar to this one, in fact. Catching up on the things we've missed, my friend and aspiring filmmaker and myself (laughs) watch a bunch of media that somehow we've missed. So... Season one, we talked about Twin Peaks, Ooh. and we're in season three now, and we're talking about culturally important movies through the decades, I guess is the best. Including the ever-traumatizing Watership Down. It was, uh, it was a rough one. We got out of October thinking, the scares are behind us, and nope. <laughs> <laughs> That's never the case never when it comes case. to rabbits. No. That was a rough one. Speaking of months, you've picked a seasonably appropriate movie, Sweet November, a 2001 film. Why did you choose this movie specifically? Uh, There's a few reasons. (laughs) Uh, One, I love any movie set in the Bay Area, as I am set in the Bay Area. Uh, Two, I am going to die on the hill that supports Keanu Reeves and everything that he does. Oof, that's that's tough. It's a... It's a punishing hill. (laughs) But I feel like at the end of everything, it's going to be the right hill. So You know, you scared me a little bit there when you said, I'm going to die, because that's a a part of the plot here. So (laughs) I was like, um... (laughs) No, no, it's just, I... I, uh... I'm an apologist, I guess, for one Keanu Reeves, and... uh... I get it. I'm the same way for Paris Hilton. Oh, yeah, there you go. (laughs) They're going to be rough on us while we're doing it. But hopefully at the end, it turns out that we were in the right place the whole time. I don't think it'll ever turn out that way. At least with Keanu Reeves, like, you know, he's a multifaceted man and he's got he's got some struggles. But in all of his struggles, I'm not sure it really forgives. It's not really forgivable what he's done in Sweet November. (laughs) The hot dog scene. (laughs) Okay, I'm excited to hear that theory for sure because I'm starting to formulate it now in my mind and we we need to cover the basis first. So <laughs> So Sweet November is a remake of a 1960s film and it's not a very good one nor is it true to the original. I have not seen the original, but from what I've read about it, it seems to be like a beloved film that people have pretty good opinions about, so I don't know how they ended up with this. Yeah, I discussed it with my uh, other co-host, and he was telling me a little bit about it. And I did look up the stars of the other movie, and I thought, and this is uncharitable, so please forgive me. Well, at the very least, they upgraded in the attractiveness (laughs) of the main characters. Because no one can deny that Keanu and Charlize are two attractive people. Whether they're attracted to each other is a whole separate thing yeah but the they're definitely pretty to watch i was actually watching a today show clip from 2001 when they were promoting their movie and um 
Charlize Theron says that she couldn't watch any more of the Sweet November 1968 version. She watched like 20 minutes because she realized how good Sandy Dennis's performance was and was too nervous to keep going, which is like, yeah, I mean, was it really that you were just nervous about it or did you realize, wow, I'm doing a really bad job in this really bad remake of a movie? (laughs) I think it also might have been. And this is a spoiler for both movies, but we're about to do that anyways. In the original, the they don't sleep together until the last day of the month. And in this one, yeah. they can't sleep together fast enough for some reason. <laughs> yeah. And her character goes anywhere from being like the most bossy, passive aggressive woman to ever walk this earth to like an absolute doormat, like apologizing whenever he gets the littlest bit mad at her. Yeah. It's... It's such a bad movie. And amazingly, it's two hours long. It's very long. Two full hours. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't even really end. <laughs> it just sort of stops. You're right. It really doesn't. Unless you you're taking it as just a really long prequel to John Wick, I guess. <laughs> this is the before credits scene. <laughs> the cold open. Yes. There you go. Oof. I like John Wick, but I don't think I like it enough to sit through this for two hours every time I have to watch that. And the worst part about it is that the majority of those two hours is just really awful, like, tropey filler material. Montages. A heartwarming connection with a young boy with no father. Yes, who's been named Abner for... It's Lil Abner. Just child abuse (laughs) reasons? What? (laughs) Just so that you could pretend that he was some, like... 19th century orphanage boy i don't know (laughs) we're also to believe and we're going to maybe get into this that keanu reeves though he is a 36 year old man who lives in san francisco proper has never seen a man in a dress before (laughs) that's yeah that's that might be the biggest falsehood in this entire thing Though, I mean, I think anyone would be surprised if they saw Jason Isaacs looking absolutely stunning in a green shimmery number. It's a sequined vision, I believe is what he calls it. It's not a dress, it's a sequined vision. Oh, yes, yes, you're right. Excuse me, a sequined vision. (laughs) Yes. And he looks fantastic in that dress. So, I mean, I would be stunned too, no matter how many men in dresses I've seen. But I don't know that you would then come up with the... (laughs) <laughs> you're in a dress as the response <laughs> <laughs> i can just imagine his face when you said that because unfortunately uh keanu reeves does not have a wide variety of facial expressions he didn't in 2000 he has more now <laughs> i don't know how that happens did he evolve did he get like extra muscles and he was or did he just realize he knows how to use them now he might have gotten a coach and a mirror that'd be my guess <laughs> Like, he has the same exact expression when he's, like, jogging intensely on the treadmill (laughs) versus when he's, like, supposed to be looking at her romantically. Mm -hmm. It's the same expression. So, (laughs) why don't we start with, because this is a two-hour-long movie, there is no way we could do a brief, succinct summary that actually touches on all the plot points. So, why don't you give me your most brief... Uh, all-encompassing <laughs> summary of this movie in, you know, five sentences or less. The less, the better. The less, the better. Let me try this. So, Top Dog spends one month with Manic Pixie Dream Girl in an effort to become Good Dog. 
Ooh, I like that. That's very good. Mine, uh, mine's also dog related, but a different kind of dog. I, <laughs> mine is um, overboiled hot dog finally meets the soon to be expired bun of his dreams. Yeah, she's little <laughs> more than a bun in this. It's a real sausage party conundrum. It really, really is. It's a, <laughs> it's a movie. That's for sure. It's a movie. It's, it's there. It's on film. They did I, it. <laughs> I um, I actually went ahead and looked at a couple of reviews before talking about this movie <sighs> because I was just. I, I don't know. I was like, I'd seen the movie. Actually, um, listeners might remember, I offered this as a movie to Kate a long time ago. Uh, we chose instead Kate and Leopold, which is a much better movie. It's much more fun than this one. Because this is a movie I remember watching a couple of times when I was younger. And I I enjoyed it. Like, I I guess I was just, I thought it was, you know, you don't really have the best taste when you're a kid. And you just think, oh, this is cute. Or this is so romantic. And then looking back at it now as an adult, it's like, this is the most dysfunctional relationship I've ever witnessed. Like, the acting is horrible. It's not really romantic at all, if you think about it. <laughs> and so I wanted to kind of, like, get other perspectives on it. And I just want to share my favorite line from a review of this movie, which is a CNN review by Paul Clinton in 2001. And it says... In his 1922 poem, The Wasteland, T.S. Eliot said, April is the cruelest month. He never saw Sweet November. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, uh, Roger Ebert, there's a sweet one-star review on his website oh, yes. as well. As like, oh, yes. That one is amazing. Rough. He tears into it. He says something mm-hmm. like, um, he rips apart the fact that they have... Uh, Jason Isaacs as this uh, gay character who you said does cross dress yes. and but he has no depth to his character <laughs> at all like you'd think they just like wanted to throw all the quirky labels they could onto him so he's Scottish which I think he might be already but like he's got his th- his like thick Scottish accent yeah and he's gay and he wears dresses oh and also he's a successful advertising man just like the main character it's like but they don't give him anything other than like oh he also takes care of Shirley's Mm -hmm. Theron's character it's like that's that's the majority of it and Roger has some like line he says uh it's something like you have to give me two good scenes before I change a bedpan yes like to all gay gay you know supporting characters (laughs) <laughs> Unless I get two good scenes, I don't change a bedpan, which I was like, yeah, that's right. That was beautiful. It was really, truly a beautiful review. I definitely recommend if you guys have the time. I know you love listening to us tear apart movies, but <laughs> go watch some, go read some critics of the early 2000s just ripping this movie a new one. It is truly beautiful. So I guess uh, I know we gave our little one line summary, but... Let's let's throw down the basics. So we've kind of touched on it, but there are two main characters, yeah, Keanu Reeves <sighs> and Charlize Theron, whose character names are completely unforgettable. <laughs> no, completely forgettable. So I haven't remembered Nelson them. Nelson <laughs> Moss, thirty six, and Sarah Deaver, twenty five. Oh, I'm pulling this directly from the script. So, <laughs> and also I double checked. Uh, Keanu Reeves, thirty six. Charlize Theron. 25 so 
Ugh. They did it. <laughs> they did it. I will say, <laughs> you he's got beautiful skin for a 36-year-old. Yes, he does. How old was he really 36. in this? When this was made, they were the same ages as those characters. <laughs> wow. That's what I'm saying. I'm like... I'm pretty sure you drink he blood. Does, he does not look 36. <laughs> <Nope>. Yeah. <laughs> like, he looks amazing for 36. That's for sure. It's very interesting because I actually just watched another Charlize Theron movie uh, earlier this week called North Country, mm. which is a really good movie that she yeah, was that in. Yeah, that was an Oscar um, push movie for her, I believe. <laughs> yeah. And to go from seeing that to seeing this was a trip and a half. And so you might wonder how these mismatched characters of an ad executive, and I guess, uh, I don't think she has a job other than... She's a dog groomer. Yeah, picks up strays and cleans them up. I wonder if that's uh, got any larger meaning. What do you think, Amity? Hmm. Well... You think there's any, you think there's any ham-fisted symbolism in that? I'm just realizing, she was 25. You find out later that she had started a company and sold it. When she was apparently... Seven, <laughs> because she talks about it like in in the long ago days when I was, you know, running in the corporate rat race, and I'm just like, you're a child. What are you talking about? Uh, <sighs> yeah, no, she's a uh, very manic, very pixie, and quite the dream girl. <sighs> yeah. Uh, so, do you want to say how they meet? In the basement DMV, taking a written driver's test like you do. <laughs> yeah, and not only that, but she runs into the test with an armful of groceries, and they spill out onto his chair, and she asks and him... she says, can you hand me the Columbo, the salami at your feet? Nobody, <laughs> nobody has ever, ever, ever called it that. And also, for the whole rest of the movie, this woman is a vegetarian. Why is there salami in her bag? <laughs> is it for the dogs? It must be for the dogs. <laughs> it must be for the dogs. It must be for the dogs. I mean, this whole movie is for the dogs, really. And there's a lot of very uncomfortable, strange, I guess, like, kind of trying to be a gag phallic imagery, not only in that scene, but in, of course... Let me, let me take you all the way back to the very beginning, the opening scene of this movie. And then I need to tell you what's broken in my head <laughs> the opening scene of this movie is an alarm goes off at seven you hear him say that was good and slap a woman on the ass that woman lorelei that's the lauren graham get the hell out get out of here and then he gets up and these are his opening words after that was good Top dog, big dog, bad dog. Who's the best dog? It's my dog. It's a big bad dog. Number one dog. Dog at the top. And I, until 12 hours after I saw the movie, when I was trying to make sense of it while talking to someone last night, did not realize that wasn't just his morning mantra. It was that he was trying to come up with ad lines for this hot dog company. I really thought that oh. that's how he got out of bed every day. <laughs> I really thought that too, because it's not really introduced no. well. It looks like he's just talking himself up. There's another scene. Uh, speaking of this ad campaign, he's trying to develop for what are they called? Diggity dogs. It's like a hot Dr. dog. Dr. Diggity hot dogs. Yeah. Dr. Diggity hot dogs, which has like a, a hot dog with one of those, um, 
uh doctor like like your typical doctor uh, logo you know yeah um and (laughs) there's like one point where he's like jogging and you know he's a soulless husk because his remote turns on six tvs at once and of course if you watch tv you don't have a soul so he's like jogging on his treadmill watching like nine 12 TVs, I don't know, a lot of TVs. It's a and lot of TVs. He like gets really excited, like p- like collapses hands as he jogs, he steps off the treadmill and runs over to the microwave where it's it's just gone off and he pulls out a hot dog. He looks like yeah. psyched to eat this hot dog. I kind of yeah, forgot he, he was developing an ad campaign. I thought this mm-hmm. was just his character that he just works out just and eats hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> just give me that microwave hot dog, man. He like spears it with his fork and just starts eating it you're just like what is going on and why is this movie still got like an hour and 30 minutes to go yeah no that scene was hilarious because i was also like as someone who's microwaved a hot dog in my life that might that they explode at the end yes (laughs) and that was a smooth hot dog just like keanu reeves (laughs) indeed the smoothest of hot dogs so what happens at the dmv is that he uh, gets her disqualified because he asks her for help and yeah. the teacher thinks she's cheating. Mm-hmm. So she like lords this over him to like get favors and somehow knows where he lives and like shows yeah, up there. Yeah, that's creepy. <laughs> and, <laughs> creepy and inappropriate. Yeah. And then springs on this question to him that like this proposal for him to live with her for a whole month, like no more, no less. And just so he can learn how to be a better person and she doesn't get anything out of it because you know manic pixie dream girl slash dog groomer Mm -hmm. so i can fix you you live in a box i can lift the lid what does that mean what are you talking he actually says a pretty good line right there he goes like oh thanks i'm cured (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's real deep i feel better just hearing it yeah it's like there are parts of this movie you're like this could be a parody if they would just not have it be two hours long and (laughs) yeah it needs to be a cool 91 minutes y'all what are you doing (laughs) and it's it's very you know of course in true like deus ex machina fashion like because he goes but what about my job and my girlfriend and what does he lose both of the next day the dog and the girlfriend or job (laughs) Job. the dog dog comes later the dog comes later though he does lose the proverbial mr diggity dog or whatever Mm -hmm. it's called so uh do you want to explain his pitch to the ad company about the hot dog commercial i'd like to turn your family friendly product into porn please (laughs) oh no you're an asshole then that's basically oh my god he loses is ever love in mind i don't <laughs> he's like like his opening line for the pitch is like you don't want hot dogs to be safe what's in a hot dog don't tell me i don't want to know. know hot dogs <laughs> are dangerous and it's like an image i just like imagine and don draper in this scene every <laughs> single fellatio image you can have yeah in a cartoon yeah <laughs> they did do i just really want to imagine like um someone redoing this with like cuts of don draper staring at it and like confusion and anger while he's making this pitch because it's truly something to behold just the entire pitch the and, whole it's... Th- it... and the fact that the boss has not seen it yeah the boss is like like, oh well he's like a you know he's a genius he won't he won't deliver a bad product but it's like um 
Yeah, I think he's going off the deep end. <laughs> yeah, and then when he's in the, his boss comes with him and he's like, can you believe what an asshole that guy was? And he's like, I always knew you were going to snap. Do you know how many millions of dollars you just lost me? And I'm like, well, then maybe you should have looked at the rough drafts, you idiots. <laughs> like, you knew you were dealing with fire. The first, like, three images he reveals of, like, a hot dog and fire or, like, a man, uh, and these are all, like, drawn, you know, like, a man yeah. holding up a hot dog, like, in victory in, on the grill. Like, they seem to be reacting really positively to that. It's when it starts going to, like, the hot dog being held down at the groin area or, like... Yeah. <laughs> it's the, we're going after your teenage daughters. Yeah. And it's just a ring of girls around a cartoon butt and they're eating hot dogs excuse really me they're this eating... is a christian hot dog company <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're a family company this is filthy i'm like yeah it is <laughs> you're right <laughs> so yeah like he then has no reason to turn sarah down and then it's just i guess an hour and a half of zany misadventures and heartwarming connections with the the town miscreant Abner. Abner, who just wants <laughs> to break a world record for because he has no dad. Yeah, <laughs> there's a. Do you want to talk about like one of the the bonding events they go on, such as the boat race? They go to this. It's an. I think it's remote control boats, mm -hmm. and Abner's. You know, of course, got the saddest boat because his name is yes. Abner and he doesn't have a dad so uh, instead he has this revolving door of men that Sarah continually brings into his life which is probably not helping anything oh yeah because the whole deal with Sarah is that she gets a new guy every month every month and I don't know what the transition period is, like, with the last week of the previous month. Like, was she, did she have someone waiting for her at home when she was going to find this guy? It's like, very confusing, because the other thing is, she's like, well, this is great. It's the first. It's nighttime, okay? They've come back to her apartment. It's nighttime on the first. It's the first of November. It's our month to be, be together. And then she goes and pulls off the October calendar. If your whole life... <laughs> revolves in monthly chunks of men you should have pulled Ew, that off monthly this chunks morning. of men well i didn't do it this is how sarah's decided to live her life yeah so that's what she that's what amity means when she says that uh you know there's a revolving door of, revol <laughs> of father and figures abner's like oh is this november which means he's also met october september august <laughs> just like i don't know if 12 dads a year is better or worse than one real dad probably and she's worse. giving him a very skewed idea of what adult relationships are like it's like yeah this is normal well and apparently he doesn't have a mother either because she's not a character in this movie you know what i mean <laughs> that's this movie was already two hours long we couldn't have her backstory in there <laughs> oh and nelson opens by treating her like a prostitute and then gets mad that she might be a prostitute. Like, he comes out of the DMV and she's sitting on his car. Like, uh, I can't drive now, so you have to drive me around. And he goes, oh, is this your vehicle? How much do you make a month? It doesn't look like much. I'll cover your expenses. 
woof. <laughs> like that sentence. And I was like, and he's trash. Yeah. And why is she continuing to speak with him? I don't. But of course he transforms into the kind of guy that will take the little neighborhood boy to a boat race and then bribe someone to take down all the other boats. That's right. Yes, he pays somebody to... That's right. Yes, the boat was sad. But he won (laughs) because cheating. And then... And it's like a ridiculous concept because he he gets like a submarine. Yeah. To like just, attack the other boats. Yes. And it's and Abner's fine with it, by the way. He's like, I'm sure he can see what's happening, and he's like, finally, today is my day. <laughs> Everything's coming up, Abner. Yeah. If I if I'd gotten if this race was at the end of the month, he wouldn't cheat and I wouldn't win. So I'm glad that this is on the first or the second when this dude's still clearly a dick and I can take advantage of it. Yeah. There's like a lot of really like I wanted to like Charlize Theron's character because I feel like she acted her little heart out in some of these scenes, but the acting the writing was just so clunky. Like trying to show that she's a animal rights activist by having her just ask him to park outside of a building and she runs <laughs> in and comes back with two dogs. And I'd like to speak up on behalf of Oakland. We, we're not just populated with, you know, factories and things doing experiments on animals. <laughs> I feel like Oakland got a real bad rap. Take me to Oakland. There's Take me clearly to Oakland. animal testing going on. Like, but, you know, she stopped it. She took two dogs. So now they're not going to do any more animal testing, right? <laughs> like, yeah, right. It's, it's just those now. two because they're adorable. So Yeah, and it's like... She just does it so quickly. Like, there's no, like, security or anything like that. She's like, hey, well, I'm back. definitely goes off. And in the script, oh, here's a little behind the scenes. In the script, there's a scene where they're at a gas station. Uh-huh. And a cop is, like, trolling by. And he says that he's going to turn her in. And then, of course, he doesn't. And that's how she knows he's good. That's not in the movie. <laughs> wow. How long that. did they want this movie to be? Like, five hours? <laughs> Yeah, it, yeah. And I don't know, yeah, and I only read the first, like, 35 pages of the thing, so. Only the first 35 pages. <laughs> oh, that's Scripture, it, you know. Scripture's pretty quick to read, and I was just like, mm, scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. I love things like, oh, my favorite line in the whole movie is she tells him that he smells like puppy pee. <laughs> and I really liked the way that that line is read, like, the way that she reads it. and um. In the movie, it's or in the script, it says puppy piss, and that really would have been. <laughs> That's a little, little too far. <laughs> it would be a little harsh for her little so cute I, I face think, to say. <laughs> I think you're kind of uh, removing a little bit of the context there, because it's not just that she says he smells like puppy pee. She says that to get him out of his shirt. Oh yeah, she's undressing him <laughs> because she blackmails him with a dog at his, you know, now empty apartment because his girlfriend has peaced out yeah and Uh. i mean like it's really just feels like the writers the directors i don't know anyone who we can call responsible for this movie took out like i said hey everybody what's every single romantic cliche and trope you can think of and they went through all of them it's like all right good let's have every single one of them but at the same time let's have a scene where they argue in the rain but get this they all lean in 
no kissing in the rain. Oh my God, you're a genius. What do they do instead? They go back into the apartment and kiss there. <laughs> and kiss there. It's, it's like <laughs> rough. And like, uh... he goes into the bathroom, sans shirt, because it smells like puppy pee. And he like psychs himself in the mirror, just one night, one night. And I'm just like, why do you presume that sex is definitely on the table? And then of course he goes out and Sex is definitely on the table, so my bad for presuming it wasn't, I guess. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, he did treat her like a hooker, so what's really changing, you know? <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's rough, man. <laughs> so, like, she takes him through this whole month of November and then gets incredibly offended when he starts to develop feelings for her because he, yep. she realizes that she's got feelings for him, too. And, like, he's got this job opportunity this big firm or whatever mm-hmm. some some client for the ad thing and uh he tells her she's go- he's gonna take this meeting and she's all disappointed by it which doesn't make any sense because like she doesn't want to be with him past november no but also doesn't want him to go back to his old life like wants him to find a new life but like doesn't give him you know i think was, I've, i heard this somewhere it's like if you're complaining but you don't offer a solution you're not being you're part of the problem right and that's literally what she's doing here is like she's saying you've got to change but the only thing that i'm going to tell you how to do is how to be quirky and cool with me yeah but not tell you how to have any good impact on the world or like get a better job have a better effect on people like nothing like that so i don't know what her plan was to get mad that he's going to try and find another job. <laughs> well, I think she wants to be able to tell herself that he won't go back to advertising because he's learned that advertising is killing his soul. But because she doesn't have to talk to him after December 1, it she just doesn't want to hear about it until then. Like, if you're going to have this meeting, have it on the 1st of December where <laughs> I can lie to myself that you've changed. I mean, it's, I guess that's kind of like her thing, though. Like, because she's like... At the end of the film, she's she says that Ugh. the way she she lives her immortality is knowing that she lives as happy and beautiful in his memory. Yep. So I guess that's the same thing as like I can just remember you as this one month, which is not really how humans work. No. I think typically we like we wonder, hey, what's so and so up to? You know, like we don't go like <laughs> No, I'm a goldfish. If you're not if I'm not looking at you, <laughs> I've forgotten that you exist. Yeah. So <laughs> it's a I mean, obviously he doesn't take the job because he he looks back at his old life and realizes, yeah, they really are just whole soulless husks of people. Well, and that that job interview that the guy that he's going to meet, um, he's a real dick to the waitress. So that's yeah. how you know he's a dick to everyone. Also, he's like, if you want work life balance, this isn't going to happen. I want to own you. And I was like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and it's uh, Edgar Price is the name of the guy. He's played by Frank Langella, yeah. who is like a super talented actor, but just he's like, you're kind of like, why are you in this movie, man? Because like, he wanted get to go out. to San Francisco for a day. <laughs> he got, you know what happened is they were like, could you be in this movie? And he's like, how many days? They're like, an afternoon. He's like, book me a, a week in Napa. <laughs> And I'm yeah, there. And, That's what and, happened. <laughs> so, like, he shows up with, like, this pile of flowers to give her and all that stuff. And then they reconcile, kind of. And But is this when he finds out that she's sick? Yeah, this is... She's starting to not feel great. She's getting a little sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the way to put it. That's it's typically... Like... <laughs> she's a little sallow and sweaty. And, uh... Yeah. <laughs> 
they so, were like, yeah, what are cancer <laughs> symptoms? <Yeah. laughs> how do we make her look or feel? How do we make? Yes. Yeah, she like, they start putting bags under her eyes like two scenes ago. So she's how like. How do we make her look beautiful, but <laughs> yeah. also a little yeah. gross? <laughs> yeah. Sweat. Sweat. Yeah. Just glow. Just put some moisture on that skin. Yeah. And she like gets mad at her gay friend because, uh, He's been taking the calls of her sister, yeah. and so it's revealed there's something bigger at play there, and she, like, collapses, and it turns yeah, out she, she has cancer. she up in the, in, on the floor, and he's like, it's fine, and then he, like... <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. She literally <laughs> says that. I'm fine. I'm like, you're clearly not fine, but okay. Um, and he had asked her about, she's got a medicine cabinet? And there's a lock on it. And it's apparently like a diary lock. <laughs> because he like <laughs> rips it open. <laughs> and there are conservatively 375 pill bottles in there. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot for a person who's apparently stopped undergoing treatment. Well, that's the thing. Because Chaz says she stopped undergoing treatment, but she still wants to beat it. And I'm like, okay, so she's doing, she stopped undergoing a kind of treatment but she's still doing palliative care like she's still taking pain meds and it doesn't make any sense you know she's obviously i don't think she was always a vegetarian but she didn't want to do chemo and radiation she's got non-hodgkin's lymphoma oh yeah she has like a vegan thanksgiving but there's also an actual turkey on the table so that's not vegan (laughs) maybe it's paper mache yeah okay uh, just a very convincing (laughs) or a planter like her television it's not real I won't eat the turkey, but I will put my plants in it. It's for the dog. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, so Well, uh, she's also got a cat, and so I don't think she's, for- she's forcing her vegetarianism on her cat. Yeah, so hopefully so. She's quirky, but still reasonable, uh, I yes. guess. In 2000, uh, that was still a thing. <laughs> so they... um. They have a little bit of a falling out, and but he's determined to still be back in her life, so he like bursts in on Thanksgiving as Santa Claus. Yep. And like it, this movie took every excuse to drag out every single scene because you could have just <sighs> gone like, "Oh, look, here I am, and I brought you gifts, and that's fine." But instead, it's like, "I brought you twelve gifts. Let me name every single one of every them. Every one of them. And also, one of them's a dishwasher. Yup. And I got okay. that up the fire escape. <laughs> yep. And put it in a sack. And I was just like, <laughs> what? And also, why didn't she just buy herself a dishwasher? She has money. It's the it's." It's been determined that she sold this company and she's fine. Yeah, but at the same time, like, I mean, I don't know about you, but you know, like when you're, you know, you have plans to go somewhere for the weekend. So you're like, do I want to go buy groceries or do I just go eat like takeout for another night? Because like, I don't want to have to worry about this weekend. Maybe it's the same way when you're dying of this mysterious, I'm getting more beautiful as I get sicker disease. I don't know, maybe. But do you really want to spend that much of your death time (laughs) washing dishes? (laughs) And then you could, in your will, leave that to somebody else. Like That's, that's too like... much thinking. That's too much thinking for Sarah. It's too uh, much. Yes. No, I know. She just has to be beautiful. I love the scene. <laughs> she ends up in the hospital. Uh, this is right before Thanksgiving. And she's like, take me home. And he puts her jacket on her over her, <laughs> over her hospital gown. And then fireman carries like her out. Like an officer and a gentleman. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, carries her out of the building and no one says anything. And I'm just like, 
hey, everyone at this hospital, you're fired. <laughs> <laughs> like, no machines go off as he, like, disconnects Mm-mm. her, and he's just able to no walk out. No nurse is like, excuse me, you can't just take her. <laughs> this whole movie, you're like, okay, so she's gonna die, but it's already, like, an hour and a half in, and, like, come on, do it already. <laughs> like, just die well, I already. I also thought, at that, in that scene, I was like, are they both ghosts? Like, is that what's happening? Like, do they just not, they don't actually interact with the actual world? Yeah, there's no, like, applause or, like, people watching. It's just no one cares that he's, like, you know, just discharging a patient. clearly taking a sick woman out of the hospital. And it doesn't, it's not like she's yelling, I want him to take me. <laughs> she, she could be getting kidnapped and nobody is. Nobody cares. Nobody it. cares. And uh, so like you're, you're kind of wondering at this point, it's like, oh, okay. So is she going to go through with it? Or like, is she going to, you know, cause he, he's changed. He wants to take care of her, but she. He was, and he, he asks her to marry him. Yeah. He, he does propose and she's like, nope. I will not do that. (laughs) Yeah, and it's just like, really, it's just a crapshoot of a movie. Because, like, on the one hand, you're like, I don't know if I would have liked it better if she was like, okay, I'll let you take care of me and this is our life now. But do you want to just tell us how the movie ends? Okay. um, They get back together basically on the 30th of November. um, When I don't know if that's the. Oh, he sings for her. Oh God! Uh, I forgot. Yeah, he's, he's, oh, it's so bad. Apparently, he had wanted to be a singer because that was, you know, as far from his dad as he could get. So he's got, you know, you're saying that he parents, sings, sure, but you're forgetting to leave out the detail that he's wearing like a bright white tuxedo. He is wearing, yes, he is. He's a full-on Mac the Night, like he is, <laughs> and he's yeah, white tuxedo. Singing is so up. awful. <laughs> it's not. It's not bad it's like serviceable karaoke come on it's it's yeah okay it's definitely karaoke level that's it's karaoke level like he's not he's it's no pierce brosnan in mamma mia like it's not like (laughs) you were hired for your voice what is happening like he he clearly had a dream to be a singer realized that that dream was not going to be fulfilled and moved (laughs) on with his life and you hear him sing and you go yes good choice (laughs) um which is funny because he's in a band actual keanu but whatever i don't think he sings (laughs) um and then they go back to the apartment and he has covered the room in calendars and every month will be november and we'll be together and she seems to acquiesce as they have very uncomfortable sex with a lot of him thrusting and her looking dead-eyed into the camera. Oh, it's God. very upsetting. It's <laughs> the most upsetting sex scene by far in this movie. We gotta and hit that two-hour mark. We gotta. <laughs> it's long. It's like a minute. It's a minute long of just her just dead-eyed looking into the camera and him doing his very best, I guess. <laughs> And then you know what's funny is that if you reverse those two lines, that would be an accurate description of this entire movie. Like <laughs> he's looking dead eye to the camera, and she's doing her very best. <laughs> That's true. You're not wrong. And then she gets up very early the next morning and starts putting on sweaters over her nightgown because that's how you go out into the world. Yeah, sweaters and a nightgown. 
and he chases her down the street and says, but I love you. And she's like, pack your shit and go. Our month is over. <laughs> and then, yes, goes on this long tirade about how she will live on and his happy memories and he's her legacy that's a shame it's really too bad it's so bad (laughs) and ties a scarf around his eyes and disappears into the san francisco morning credits it's really really (laughs) bad she says she's like going to go live out her last days with her family and then yeah she does say that she reconciled with them but who the fuck knows if that's true She's yeah, a lying it's just liar, so. it's so bad, and you're like, it's the movie itself is it's supposed to be a tearjerker. It's supposed to be something if you don't think about it, then like it's a good movie, I guess. Like, but the thing is, it's two hours long. It delivers little to no content, content or like actual like resolution of the story. Because like, what's happened with Abner? Like, yeah, why I'm did like, we even have to know uh, him? That was in my notes, too. I'm like, oh, he definitely never sees Abner again. Yeah. He definitely never goes back yeah. to this neighborhood. Um, yeah, I just... These are two bad people. Yes. And they are bad for each other. Yes. It's just a... It's a bad movie, bad It's concept. abusive it's on bad. so many different levels where you're just like... If you've ever been in a bad relationship, you're going to find it in this com- in this movie. <laughs> like, there yes. are so many little tropes where you're just like one scene and you're like, oh, that was, you know, Jimmy from the 17th or, you know, the my junior year in high school. And I can't, I'm like, I'm triggered. And I can't, <laughs> like, it's every, like, it's on top of every rom-com trope, it's every abusive relationship warning sign just put in a stew yeah like but like wrapped up in this little bow as a package of isn't this so cute and quirky and it's like no this is no. this woman is a psychopath yes. <laughs> and, and he's no and like he actually genuinely tries to like be a better person and offer to support her and you'd think that would like satisfy her criteria you know but like okay like maybe you are a better person and mm-hmm. i do love you but instead she just decides to stick with this thing and it's just like it, it makes her character very flat. Yeah. And she does say, you know, what right do I have to, um, you know, make him care for me as I die? And I'm like, yeah, but you inserted yourself into his life against his will exactly. in the first place. So why is this the line that you're drawing? Yeah. Like, why <laughs> stop here? And then also it's like her character goes through no development. Like his character develops, mm-hmm. obviously, but her character is the same as it was at the beginning of November to the end of November. And you're like, there's no growth no. there. It's a pointless movie because like, well, she doesn't I have to grow because she's little... dying. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You got me there. You got me there. All right. I will admit, but it's like, I don't know. It just seems like what a real actualized person go through something like that dedicate their entire life to just fixing people and expecting nothing in return especially as they're dying and like it's a painful thing to go through something like that like physically yes. painful so and, and why just, would you pick it, dicks to spend the rest of your life with like <laughs> like just donate all of that money you've got to right. charity and then like go i don't know play you on the beach with, with some dogs. dogs you don't like yeah you've got money if you really like if it really because he's like this just seems like a reason to get laid which i mean i mean more power to yeah, you but if that's like, what you want to do like there's easier ways that will help you with that 
like you don't need to then be exposed to this toxic masculinity yeah well with your dying breath oh it's a it's a dumpster fire of a movie and she really needs is. to learn the the definition and value of consent like it's not just men who don't get it <laughs> yeah yeah oh yeah because she's like every there's like a couple times where she, he tries to bring up something with her like hey your behavior is worrying mm-hmm. me and she'll be like just shut up and have yep. sex with me and you're like uh what yeah, <laughs> yeah. but yeah so uh this movie, I think, has some uh, fertile ground for crimes. Um, namely, is I think this could be a really great... Because maybe there's a different motive at play here. Maybe she's just finessing him. You know? Maybe, like, he wakes up on December 2nd and, like, his identity's been stolen. <laughs> I don't hate that His credit's idea. ruined. Yeah, like, maybe this is all just a giant uh, grifter mentality she's got. I don't know. Okay, Amity. Well, thank you so much for joining me and uh, letting me reminisce about this awful, awful, awful movie. It was truly something else. It's always a, you know, it's it's fun to just remember that my taste in movies has always been bad and that the movies I did watch in the 2000s are just as bad as the ones that people make me watch. So, <laughs> you know what I would say, though, is if you pop on, like, if you come home and this movie is 35 minutes in... <laughs> You Watch haven't missed an anything. Hour. Yeah, you haven't missed anything. <laughs> <laughs> You've missed the worst of his behavior. And you... It's a fun hour. You don't have to watch it to the end because you know what's going to happen. Don't worry yeah, about just, it. Just, just watch you it. Just come in and out as you will. No, I mean, you got to watch him yell about hot dogs. You got to. like <laughs> That is, well, yes, but you can find that on YouTube. Yeah, and so. I did share it on Twitter. So if you guys don't want to watch the perfect. movie, but you do want to see the clip, just check out our Twitter page at Hate Podcast, and I shared the link. So, Amity, can you let our audience know a little bit about where they can find the latecomers? Absolutely. We are at Latecomers Pod on Twitter. Um, and we do have a Facebook group and a Facebook page because I didn't know the difference. <laughs> so you can find us looking for Latecomers Podcast. And be sure to check them out for pretty much any reviews of anything. I mean, they don't they're not restricted by a truly awful decade. So they'll review pretty much anything that you might love or love to hate. And I think it's a really good time. And uh, if you ever have any suggestions on stuff that, you know, because sometimes people suggest movies for us and I'm like, that's not 2000 to 2009, man. Like, I'm sorry. I I mean, but at the same time, I'm grateful. So instead, if you want to inflict pain on someone by getting them to watch the movies you hate, give it to Amity. Send it my way. Send it our way. I'll t- I'll, I'll watch pretty much <laughs> Okay, well, as always, you can find us on Facebook at Guess What You're Gonna Hate, on our website at hatepodcast.com, and on Twitter and Instagram at hatepodcast. And, uh, yeah, that's it. Um, you know, top dog, big dog, hot dog. Hot diggity dog. <laughs> Be a dangerous hot dog, everyone. 